0: Hey, guys, Josh here. Today's question is from John Lacey. How do you wrangle the logistics of podcast guesting? The pitch, your availability, their availability, the horror of time zones, etc. I feel you there, buddy. And yeah, it's a great question. And I'm going to take this as John asking, how do you book guests for your show? Say, like my new interview show, My Old Hands. Because you've probably heard me bitching for years on this particular show that I don't get asked to guest on other people's shows very often. So that whole thing that the gurus say, guest on other people's shows, it's the best way to build your show. That's never really been available to me. So I'm going to take John's question as how do you book guests? And I think the best way to do that is to use My Old Hands, which is my current interview show, as maybe the platform for the type of outreach that I'm doing to people because it's had the highest success rate in terms of a positive response from the people I'm reaching out to. And I guess I'm pouring 12 years worth of guest requests and the type of email that I'm writing or outreach that I'm doing into these outreach emails. So what I've got here in my hand is a printout of an email that I sent to a vocalist for an Australian band recently. And When this episode does come out, which should be the very next episode of My Old Hands, episode number nine, this will be arguably the most famous person that I have spoken to on that podcast and probably the highest profile entertainer that I've spoken to full stop in a couple of years. So I'm going to read the email and then I'm going to point out why I chose to do different things through the email. So I'm not going to use this person's full name. I'll just use their first initial. Hi C. Josh Liston here from Aubrey-Wodonga, Australia. So that's the first thing that I do, is I let the person know that I'm from a different part of the world. Whether that really helps or not, it does two things. It differentiates where I'm from, the type of cultural background that I may have or I do have, and also that it's me. It's actually Josh. It's not my assistant and it's not some booking system or program that's just sending out 2,000 emails to random people. So, Josh Liston here from Aubrey Donga Australia and the My Old Hands podcast. I'm a long-time fan of your work and I'm the former entertainment manager of Soden's Hotel from 2005 to 2009. So, I got to see your work both on and off the stage. So, why that's in there is that it's a personal anecdote But it's not fanboyish. It's, hey, I actually have met you before and I saw you in the wild doing what you're great at. But also, this isn't going to devolve if the conversation does happen into me just being a crazy fanboy and falling apart and not being able to communicate. It's a, hey, we have a professional history here. So, next paragraph. I was hoping that you might be interested in joining me at some point on My Old Hands to talk about your career, your evolution as a vocalist and artist, and what's next for you. And I think that that's part of what's helping me get people across the line because I know in my experience interviewing people, and I think last time I counted, I'd done four to 500 interviews, somewhere in that range in my 12 years as a podcaster. Taking the stress away from the guest, having to worry, do I get to talk about my new thing or not? and just putting that right in the initial contact, we're going to talk about what you're doing now and what you're most excited about. I think that helps. I was hoping that you might be interested in joining me at some point on my old hands to talk about your career, your evolution as a vocalist and artist, and what's next for you. I was also hoping we might be able to discuss some stories specific to Aubrey Wadonga, and mostly talk about the absolute sweatbox that is the Sodan's band room. So that's another deep cut, That is something I've heard this particular singer talk about in public, that the venue they played in my hometown was one of the hottest venues in the world and it's come up in the media. That's something that has appealed to this particular individual to talk about because I've heard them talk about it in national press. But also, I was there and I saw that happen, how hot that room was the night this band played. So, another personal anecdote That's not a crazy fanboyish. I've got this guy's head tattooed on both of my forearms. So, I think it helps to have a couple of truly personal things in there because you can say you're a huge fan of someone and you might be a huge fan of what they've achieved, but having an actual story about how that person's impacted your life or you were there when a certain moment happened, I think that that's more important and I think it's more likely to stand out, particularly if the person's getting just a barrage of media requests. Hey, don't remember that. That was crazy. I'd love to talk about that band room again when the sweat was dripping off the ceiling. So, to continue on, if you can spare 40 to 45 minutes at some point, I'd genuinely love to have you on the show. Here's my calendar link for you to choose a day and time that suits you best. Let me know if there's any times or dates you'd love me to open up and I'll look at doing that. And then I put my Calendly link in there. I think I've got Calendly out to about 90 days. And I have had it as short as a month, depending on my own personal schedule and how far into the future I'd like, I guess, for my schedule to be booked up. But I try to give people about two months so they don't have to feel like, oh, well, I've got to make a decision and it has to happen in the next three weeks. And if they happen to be busy, they might just think, oh, well, nothing this guy has available works for me. I'm not going to book something. And then me as the producer, Josh Liston, has to follow them up again. Whereas if they just had more time on the actual calendar that they could choose into the future, they may just choose a date. So the other reason that I phrase it like that is to let the person know that you realize they're giving up part of their life and that it's a precious resource you're asking people for. They could literally be doing anything else and you're asking them to do that thing with you. So I like to make it known that There's flexibility in the calendar if they need it. Within reason, obviously, because I'm in a different country. Not every time and every date can work. But that they don't have to feel locked into my schedule just because that's what's on the calendar. There is some movement if they need me to move something around. And it's about them. It's about working with them. I've heard in the past people having really locked down schedules to maybe only one day of the week or one time of the week, and they're asking guests to suit their schedule. If you reached out to me and said, hey, I'd love to have you on my show, but it's going to have to be at this time that works with my calendar, there's next to no chance that if it's inconvenient for me that particular time that I'm going to then go away and reschedule my life for your podcast. I need you as the host to have some flexibility and to make it work for me as the guest. I'll just go through quickly again the few key points. I let the person know that I'm from a different and unique part of the world. Unique in the fact that maybe they've just never spoken to someone from that place. I make sure that there's a truly personal anecdote somewhere in the outreach email, whether that's about their work's impact on me or maybe a time that we've met. I like to put in somewhere in the email that I'm open to and we're going to talk about what they're doing right now, what they're most excited about at the moment, not just talk about everything they've done in the past. I'm not giving them a time though. I'm not saying we're going to do half an hour at the end on your new book. I'm just saying we're going to talk about it so don't stress about that happening. Then I give them a flexible calendar option but also an easy out if they want to use the schedule as a reason not to do the interview so nothing has to get awkward. And Then I just give them a link to my website. So I'm not saying that this is the perfect outreach email but This is the general type of email I'm writing now. So, where I'm from, why your work matters to me, truly, and here's the link. And one thing I don't know if I mentioned in there or re-emphasized is at the start of the calendar paragraph, I put, if you can spare 40 to 45 minutes. So, there's no ambiguity in the guest's mind or their team's mind, how long is this thing going to go for? That's how long, 40 to 45 minutes. Righto, guys, I hope today was helpful. If there are any more questions regarding guest booking, all of those sorts of things, do reach out. I did want to finish up just talking about the topic of time zones. Look, something like Calendly, the default behavior is to present everything in the other person's time zone. So if I set 8 a.m. Melbourne, Australia time, when I'm available for an interview for an hour... Let's just look. It is currently 7.50 a.m. in the morning when I'm recording this. Let's see what time it is in New York. It is 4.50 p.m. in New York. So, if someone was sitting in New York right now looking at that time, it would present to them as 4.50 p.m. So, I'm not sure other than the issue of mismatched energy levels because it's a different day part when you're talking to people in different countries, whether it really matters anymore. I would just make sure you're using a tool where the default behavior is to show everything in the local time zone for the person who's looking at the calendar. So, if they're in South Africa or if they're in New York City or whatever, they see their local time zone. The other thing is too, if you're on the east coast of Australia, GMT plus 10, and I know that some of the people listening are, you're going to be doing interviews very early in the morning. So, 6, 7 a.m and later at night, 9, 10, 11 p.m. And it's going to be tough. Maybe they're not times where you're at your best, but you'll be better at one or the other. Like for me, I'm much better early. Like I'm better as an interviewer between 6 a.m. and say 9 a.m. in the morning than I am between 8 and 10 o'clock at night. I can concentrate for longer in the morning. I can listen to people speak for much, much longer without getting distracted or losing attention than I can later at night. Trying to find a punchline between your pulse is not the same as doing a great, engaging one-on-one interview. So for me, I don't actually set that many times that are late in the evening for me now. And I would only do it if the person wanted me to do it. And then once they booked that, I would then remove a lot of them and only leave the mornings for me. So you've got to get to know yourself, but it's always going to be hard. You have to be ready for the fact you might never find that you're 100% your best. You just have to try to be. But also, this isn't going to be some weird, creepy, I'm just an crazed, maniacal fan that's going to be, you know, rubbing Vaseline on my nipples.